So yeah, you're complaining about that we talk about movies for more than thirty minutes. I'm just saying. Well, first, I'm if you if we find that we're uh, being quiet for a bit, maybe just move on rather than just trying to pull for something else. See, but I don't uh, ever feel like we do that. Maybe we do. I uh, I think it happens every now and then, but then either I'll come up with something or you'll come up with something, and we'll just keep going for a bit. Uh, also, I mean, some some of these movies are fresh in our minds, right? So we're trying true. to. Continue our thoughts and say a cohesive sentence. No, I get that. Um, which is Maybe what we tried to do on Unanimous Indecision. That's Ian Rismondo. I'm Joshua hey. Troop. Surprised you that I was getting started, but I know you, you got to get out of here. You did. Uh, I uh, I'm too too spooked. I can't I can't handle it. I'm yeah. All right. Let Let's just jump right into it because <laughs> I'm being told that we take too long on our movie reviews. Sorry that we're a movie reviewing channel. Yeah, the uh, the guys upstairs said we don't have the budget for that, so we gotta do do a little bit faster. Right. Uh, so, Anola <laughs> uh, Holmes is the movie we did this week, and then uh, which a Netflix original with Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill. I can't remember. Sam, Sam Claflin. Thank you. Um, <laughs> his name. Every time I explained who was in this movie, I forgot his right. name. No, I feel that. Uh, what's as always your initial takes first? Um, so I, I I enjoyed myself in this movie for the most part. Um, I thought the plot was pretty solid. I know it follows the plot of one of the books, which I have not read any of. Um, the Enola Holmes books, which came out, I think, started coming out in two thousand six. I don't remember the author's name. Two thousand six. Yeah. Oh, I thought the character was introduced though. Still no. in the Sherlock books, maybe. No. No, she didn't exist until the new okay. That's that. That was why the whole uh, lawsuit was happening. I thought the lawsuit was about Sherlock's uh, partially but social it was, skills. It was yeah, which True. after seeing the movie, he's he didn't have so many that I was like, "That's not Sherlock Holmes, right?" Like, I will say that he was much more emotional in this than I was expecting, considering his whole character is supposed to be like. I mean, compared to like zero. But, like, Robert Downey Jr. plays a very charismatic Sherlock and Holmes I, without emotion, right? Like, he, he still manages to give all the charisma without adding the emotion. And that's kind of where I felt a little bit with some of this. Granted, Henry Cavill gives, like, his little smirks every once in a yeah. while throughout this movie. He does, which is nice. I, I, I will say maybe I'm biasing it a bit too much on... Um... Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes from the BBC series. Right, which is very stoic. Definitely. But I think it's a good portrayal. Uh, I mean, I liked Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. I liked Sam Claflin as Mycroft. I actually may have liked this Mycroft more than the B BBC shows. Now there's, there's less of him to go around. One. There's less of him to go around in this movie than in four seasons yeah. of a show. So there's, But I, I really liked this take on the character. Uh, so my my first initial thoughts were I liked much of the movie. I like I had a good time. My, I definitely had it. It definitely had its issues, but overall, I I give it a thumbs up. What about it's you? A, what your it's, pick? it's a fun movie. Yeah, but like, I think if I was y younger, I'd enjoy it more. If I wasn't so analytical about it. <laughs> um, but there there are a lot of just storytelling thing choices that i was like mm, that's kind of weird 
Uh, I'm not a big fan of how often uh, Enola breaks the fourth wall in this movie. Right. So then, for some the reason, they made this choice that Enola Holmes will break the fourth wall. And which it happens is, a lot. I, I guess their thought, because I guess there is a certain level of interpretation of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies where like there are things that he sees that doesn't happen. Right? Right. Because he right. plays out like fights in his head. But it's very clearly in his head. Yeah. Whereas this she's like talking to the camera. Like she will turn a one eighty to look away, away from... from the people she's talking to to talk to the camera. Right. And and it just feels very weird. Uh, and I guess it, yeah, you brought up a good point that it's similar to how we see with, I guess, Robert Downey Jr.'s and Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock's, how they think through things in their head. That's just their way of visualizing it. So at least with those products, we received that via like. Which I guess is this this version's interpretation. But at the same time, right. she doesn't do a lot of her logic. That in that in way. the fourth wall breaking. That's true. That's true. She she does her logic just in her head like a normal person. Um, I do like but... how a lot of the like the ciphering and deciphering and whatnot is shown to us. It's not something because like much of you, what you have to right. Yeah. I mean... Well, much well much of what BBC BBC's Sherlock does is not that. Really. It's it's. I mean, there's definitely some of that, but a lot of times he'll solve something and then he'll start pointing out how he solved it. But these, these are things that, like, you can't really follow along with that show and expect to solve the crime, solve the mysteries the way he does. Because the way th- the way they make those characters look smart is by withholding Not information. helping the audience. But I mean, yeah. I guess, like, the Robert Downey Jr. ones, right? They, um, they do tell the audience and show you very vividly. Okay. But so I guess you end, know more about that one. But at the end, more. and some of it's a little throughout, but right. but like the big conclusion about like why everything worked the way it was, it's not revealed until the end when he's like, oh, it was a simple trick where he thought he mistook a sprinkler for rain, but it was actually spraying <laughs> gasoline on him, which he would have never recognized. And then when his pistol backfires, it lights his whole body on fire. <laughs> Uh, which it's like obviously watching that you're just like oh it is rain because that's the way it's framed right is it's framed to look to to us as rain and then we're like oh it wasn't that was a sprinkler and um well for instance one of the trying to think of of a good example in sherlock's where where they do this is there's uh, there's a confrontation with uh moriarty a a villain of of sherlock's and there's a whole confrontation on the roof to where Sherlock is, I, th- I believe, either jumps off the roof. I don't remember if he was pushed off or shot off the roof. And uh, he it was, and then that, like, it cuts away, and that, that's the end of the, either the episode or the season. And the next time we see it, uh, things are then explained to us. But the way that he survived is like he went and talked to several people. He uh like someone was able to like catch him in um someone was able to catch him like in a window or something he was able to get back inside some they they got like a a body from the morgue to place it on the street to make it look like it was him they had several people like the paid off bystanders and like this is stuff that you could never have ever figured out by watching it 
and it's stuff that's explained later far after the fact so that's a little bit different from how i see it in enola holmes and, and that's what i liked about this is that you were kind of able to follow along yeah yeah def- definitely you it was it was pretty easy to follow along um, maybe a little maybe a little bit uh maybe taking a little bit of inspiration from from maybe it was maybe that's shows. what it Maybe it was almost too easy to follow along. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't feel is... like I was using my brain a whole lot. The movie was kind of telling me everything I needed to know. Well, I, f- I feel like this is supposed uh, to be like a fast-paced, just like kind of enjoyable movie. Like you're not supposed to. But it's like it, it's a movie with like a lot of anagrams, right? It is. Yes. And yet, there is never an opportunity for the audience to solve one. It well, I guess that's yeah, that's true. Right, I like, feel like you're just trying to show how they introduce it and solve it in the same sentence. Right, and I, I assume like, that is to show how fast Anola's mind works. That like to show us right. that she is worthy of the. That's the fair, Holmes but I don't know. It's just like you think it'd been more enjoyable if like you could have had a chance to sit there and. Try I think and do that's it. the enjoyable thing about like the detective genre, right? right? Is that you kind of you play along with along. it. It's like yeah. you're done. It's anyways. Right. Um, it's like the whole purpose of the genre a is to make the detective look like a genius but b it's also for the audience to kind of start forming their own opinions right and then when the audience is right the audience feels real good about it and when the audience is wrong they go whoa (laughs) (laughs) what did you think about the several like where where it would cut away from the movie to like a um there was that old timey footage where it would say like uh, two hours ago, or was it like three? Or where, where, I don't remember exactly what that was. Oh, there were a few things like that. Or there just was one... like how there was like wasn't always Enola, but um, like how she learned stuff in the past, yeah. and there were like quick flashbacks to a few weeks ago to a handful of years ago. Oh, that's not exactly what I was talking about, but I, okay. I do. Uh, I mean, like those, they're almost like transitions or transitional like slides. Uh, we got we got one that was like a a page tearing. It was like time to go find uh, two. Oh, right, right, right. like a silent like a film page. transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What do you uh, think about those? Because there was quite a few that was used throughout the movie. I think if there was more, it would have worked better. Okay, so it, like, it was too inconsistent. Couple, okay, it felt random. Okay. They and were just like, up... and sometimes we'll put it, and sometimes we won't. Right. Um. Right, because, because it was a combination of that with the flashbacks that it was like, and the breaking of the fourth wall. There were too many tools, right? <laughs> they they broke the fourth wall. They did silent film scene transitions with explanation. They did flashbacks, um, and then there was also like enhancing detective work, along with the stylized anagram solving. That there was so many like so many different tools to this style that it fell all over the place. Right. Now you brought up flashbacks and I know you're not a big fan of those. How did, do you think they were used well in this movie or sometimes? Yes. And sometimes no, uh, they, they didn't all bother me. Um, it, the, it was pretty heavy handed with the singular martial arts move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I forget what it was called, but, uh, the, yeah, Shrimp? I don't know. I don't think it's that, but uh, uh, but, but yeah, I know exactly. It's pre- pretty about. heavy-handed that like her mom did it to her, I guess. 
you, you know and then what? she kept trying to do it to different antagonists throughout the movie and always failed until the very end which is like that's great is pretty heavy-handed with it and it of, was of all of all things for like the big change to be a physical move when I'll the say, entire movie is about uh status i felt like you, it should have been something a little bit more in that direction <laughs> do you want me to give you another example of pretty much the exact same thing in another movie uh, go for it. Yeah, of course. The spin move in Aquaman. Kind of true, for sure. The we we see flashbacks of it being used. Yeah, we see the character try it. It doesn't work, and then finally uses it in the climactic. See, I don't see the reason to do the flashbacks. He, you, you're showing it live when it's not working. Like, why well, do the I guess, flashback? I guess a flashback at least once to see it used properly. Right. So right. we you're, like you're totally so we, right. We know that, that is... we know that the character learns about it then we see it used and the character's like okay i need to i need to learn this this is something that's useful to know i guess and then we see them try it unsuccessfully throughout the film and then finally get it at the end it's not necessarily a bad thing to i have. guess my thing and it, it this might be my own uh misperception um that like i i think about it too much with like common actions okay. um so, like, in my screenwriting class, which I don't talk about it very often because it's nothing prestigious, but uh, I wrote this short, like, hockey. It was the only sports script I did because um, I had just watched rewatched Miracle, which is a great movie. Absolutely. But uh, so I was really amped up about it, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do a simple thing. It was only supposed to be, like, three or four pages, so it's basically, like, uh, two or three scenes, basically. Okay. Um. And so I was like, all right, I already know how I'm going to do the character development. It's going to be that it's a sports movie, of course. So he's got to be like an arrogant guy. And then, oh, he passes to his teammate at the end or something. Or he makes the shot when he didn't the first time. And that was basically it. Is that like in the opening scene, he misses the shot. In right. the concluding scene, he makes the shot. Now, granted, right. that is a very simple action. We've all seen someone score a goal in hockey. We know what that looks like. Right. right. Um, whereas, like, Aquaman doing a spin move or this very niche jujitsu move, maybe the common person doesn't know about it. I didn't know about it. So, like, maybe we do need an example. Th this is going against my own opinion. Um, I, I that like maybe we do need an example because it's so. It's like almost unimaginable. <laughs> I mean, it is a specific moveset. It's not just a simple um, shot into a net, it's not simple it is something more complex than that uh and i can definitely imagine i there's no way i'm trying that getting it right on my first try yeah so i guess I like kind of the karate kid accomplishes it with like a training montage right yeah but would you have wanted a um, training montage in this movie i don't think you need a montage but maybe just a, like when well, we she's got... with when she's in that room with all the other people doing it perfect opportunity to show someone else do it Right, the, we, the opportunity was right there. She tried it there. She tried it in right. She she failed. against her mentor. But but if the whole purpose for the flashback is to show us how it's actually done, mm -hmm. then have just two random strangers. We don't meet anyone else in that room other than uh, the lady of the house. Yes. Uh, whose name escapes me? I'm really bad with names with this movie. I was so focused <laughs> on 
Enola and Sherlock and then whatever Tewksbury's full name was. Something <laughs> of Basil Weather. Uh, but they... Uh, yeah, that, that was a perfect opportunity for us to see it done by two complete strangers that don't matter to the story, but we see the move happen, and then immediately after, she tries it again and fails. Mm -hmm. That's a way to reinforce it. It's, we'll make the connection, it's in the same room, <laughs> um, you just have to focus on it just a little bit, and then you cut out that flashback that is weird. Um... Something that I, because it's like well, we already knew I, that her mom taught her jujitsu. Do we need to know every move her mom taught her? Like, I feel like this movie not. would have done better if it had used more of Helena Bonham Carter. Definitely, she's not. She's wildly wasted in this movie. Now <laughs> I wonder because the other actor, well, at least I wanted um, at least ten minutes of that tennis scene. <laughs> Where they're just breaking stuff, playing indoor tennis. Now, I wonder, because there great. are more in Nola Holmes novels. Uh, Nancy Springer is the author, by the way. Now, I finally pulled the name. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wonder if there may be sequels. Sequel bait? It. Yeah. Because be tough. It's, it's, got some, it's got a pretty stacked cast, I think, for the most part. I mean, I don't know what any of the other actors are doing. but And, I mean, you don't need Sherlock Holmes in every movie, right? No. Okay, you did it in this one. You could do another one without Sherlock, without Mycroft, and literally just focus on Enola for the next one. And then maybe you bring Sherlock or Mycroft back for the third, just for a little bit. I mean, you could honestly um, just film a couple minutes of just seeing what they're up to on their own. Like, you don't even right. need... Yeah. You don't even need to be a part of it. We now know they exist. If We've already wanted... done the whole, okay, they're chasing after her. But now they're right. okay with her being in the world. So we, we don't need them in the, in the sequels. So I guess from that perspective, it's basically just hinges on Millie Bobby Brown's schedule, and then you could just true cast anyone you want where whenever. So and I, I guess from like that perspective, it's definitely doable. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So my I other concern was like Henry Cavill's schedule. Uh, true. Because it's like, is he gonna do more Superman stuff? People are talking about James Bond again with him. He still has the Witcher on his plate, so I I don't know what that. I'm sure he wants to do as much of it as he can, right? Because um, dude seems to care a lot about everything, but I don't know if he's got the time. <laughs> no time to die. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So from that perspective, it's a little weird. But if you do like I was saying, just focus on Millie Bobby Brown the sequels. Uh, you can bring Tewksbury back if you want, but you don't have right. to. You don't have to. I mean, I could definitely see um, the. Uh, if if they decided to make another movie, I would definitely check it out. This this movie was not a complete turnoff for me. Right. On the idea of of this character of this direction, I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first when I first heard about it. I also think this wasn't part if of the original. you remove some of the fourth wall breaking and you just make it a detective movie. And I think sure, you could you could still throw in some of the stylized Sherlockian tropes. Mm -hmm. and in like the reveals you could still do that stuff but just like don't try to use all these tools we don't need to do we, we won't have to do the flashbacks anymore because it'll be a sequel we get it she knows stuff <laughs> um, there'll be new flashbacks from different parts of her, her back her... from like where she's been the past year uh, or something or maybe um, 
yeah, like no, you. you I think that I think the cool thing is because it's like Sherlock Holmes does have flashbacks, but it's flashbacks usually to events that were in the movie. Right. It's just seeing the same scenes from a different perspective. From a different yes. Uh, which I think those work in this genre. But flashbacks to things that the audience had never known about. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah. You uh you brought up the fourth wall break and I think that's so we're you're not a big fan of it. I'm not a great fan of it unless it's Deadpool. That's just my personal preference. It is weird because um, I've started thinking about like, am I just against that in general? But Deadpool just happens to like be the perfect zeitgeist for it. Well, I think Deadpool because, like, is, is a it was created to be that way, right? Right. His character was created from to the that very beginning in the comics. So like. It's not necessarily a stylistic choice to do uh, on the big right. screen because it was. It's not like oh, the fourth wall breaks are, are this new idea in movie or whatever. We're gonna we're gonna do them like this was already. It was already a part of his character. Right. It's not so much a shock, I guess. But so I bring this up because there's a part in the movie where I was curious about whether it's completely outside, where it's completely a fourth wall break. I actually meant to re re look into this. Revisit I don't know if you. You did because no, once I didn't, you mentioned I didn't it back. to me, it sounds very strange. I didn't. I didn't. So, go back. so, so, so there's, what's the? What's the so thing? there's a scene where uh, Anola and uh, Viscount Tewksbury um, <laughs> are escaping from the the girls' boarding school, and we get to like a, a fork in the road, and then we get this dialogue in in Anola's head or something about like from her brother, like you get to a fork, a point in the road where whatever you have to make a decision. So we get a fourth wall break where. Anola turns around behind the car, like still sitting in the cart with Tewksbury on her right, turns around and looks straight at the camera and says something. And then Tewksbury goes, what? And she goes, oh, nothing, and drives off. Yeah, and I feel like you got to be misremembering that because that sounds I so might. absurd if that's I if might that's be misremembering, there. but that's... Because um, I didn't pick I, up on it, but... I do remember that. Yeah, and... it's like, is the fourth wall... Is she just crazy? Like... <laughs> Cause, <laughs> but I guess I that, that that's Deadpool also, right? Like, when Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, people hear it. People hear it, and, and people are like, what are you talking about? Right. So, who knows? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's just a level of inconsistency throughout the movie. It's right. Some, this one instance, Tewksbury hears it, but no one else hears it throughout the movie. Right. And, again, oh. I could be misremembering it. Maybe it's not quite at that level, and in a couple of days now it's past where I'm slightly exaggerating it. Uh, not on purpose. Uh, so I don't know. I'd have to go back and, and watch that scene again. Too. I gotta give though, like pretty pretty good props to like the the story itself, which maybe they're all just beats from the book. And so props to the yeah. author. Um, I was very surprised that like they talked about like the the girls' bo- boarding school boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, I when they were talking about it in like the first twenty minutes of the movie. If you had to tell me, and I was like. Do you think the movie goes there? What are the odds? I would have said zero percent, because I knew she was gonna run away, and we were gonna go with that. It very gotcha. much surprised me that it brought it all the way back. She ended up <laughs> going there. I was like, "Whoa!" Everything that was talked about happened, <laughs> uh, which is very <laughs> cool. I do think uh, the twist of it not being the uncle. Um, if you're new to the show, we spoil everything. So bummer. That's true. Uh, you've had a week to see this movie. That's Snape it. kills That's Dumbledore. Like, 
Ooh, Whoa, you there. take that back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, like, I feel like at its core, that is a good twist. Yeah, I think it was. Because the way the story was narratively told, it was like very much a, a man versus woman kind of thing. And then, oh, it was the grandma. <laughs> But like, yeah, like grandma was like, I just want to see my my grandson. But I feel like the uncle's not in the movie enough for it to have possibly been the uncle, <laughs> right? Like, There's I guess we're supposed to think of the um the guy who's hunting. I can't remember his name. Brown bowler hat guy. The guy from Scotland Yard. No, not oh, the, the, not the a, one that's hired. Not to, Lestrade. To, to... Okay, the one, the one, the, that's, the one that's uh, hired to kill him. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I guess we're supposed to think of him as just an extension of the uncle because that's what we're told. He's hired by the uncle, but that's just wrong because <laughs> um, he wasn't hired by the uncle. And it's like, I don't know, the uncle just wasn't in the movie enough, whereas the grandma shows up like three or four times right. um, in separate instances and is given one-on-one -on -one conversations with main characters that it's like it may just like we didn't get enough of the uncle <laughs> it, it's one of those stories that it's like and the killer is him and it's a character we've never met before <laughs> like uh that that's how it would be if it was the uncle we we knew nothing about the uncle you know, i don't even know if he has any dialogue before before like the very end where the uh the aunt and uncle are like, or is it his mom? It's his mom and his uncle. Is that what it is? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, his mom and his uncle like congratulating him on voting. <laughs> this is just a movie about voting. Everyone should right. go vote. <laughs> that's the that's the movie. Uh, you, you know something that I so this this was used a couple times for comedic uh, effect in the movie, and I thought it was going to come back again, and it didn't the whole i'll pay you five pounds if you change clothes with me I, yeah okay I, so well hear me out hear me out so a couple of times throughout the film Anola's like okay i need to change my get up so i'm gonna i'll pay some random person five pounds to to swap clothes right. and it's very funny because the first time it's uh it's a widow's outfit to just some some garden right some garden boy <laughs> uh and then later it's um it's like a, a corset. It's like it's a full-on like corset and dress to some news guy. Yeah. Now, so that happened. To a, newsie, and I, a British newsie. Right, and and I expected, or I not necessarily expected, but I thought to it'd be see very one of very the funny. Guys in the background running around. Well, that that'd have been awesome. But uh, during the confrontation with the grandmother, if uh, for <laughs> Tewksbury comes back. No, no, uh, for for Tewksbury to be wearing a corset. That's what I was expecting. Because it was talked about a couple times throughout the film, uh, she had worn it previously, and I was just expecting her to have swapped clothes or made him wear it or something. Uh, from that's from too far weird. off, she was going to get shot. <laughs> or so I was expecting that, and then he survived, and I was like, oh, "What is it?" No, it was just some some plate mail. But <laughs> I, I, thought I guess that would he hilarious put on very fast. Yeah, that takes. Uh, I mean, I guess you could just like slide it underneath the. Underneath Wasn't the his shirt. shirt tucked in? Yeah. <laughs> 
so it, it would have taken a couple of minutes. It's a logistics issue. <laughs> How did he do that without her knowing? That's what I'm saying. Like he was lying in a pile of sheet metal, of like armor. How did he not make any noise? Well, I don't think he was. <laughs> it was just the front. It, it didn't seem like it was the whole. It was just the front plate. Right, it wasn't... right. But like, you gotta like. He was sitting down on the ground, so that means he's got to lean all the way back because otherwise, um, just the bend of his stomach will be too right. much. It's it's a whole right. logistics problem. Right. That's what I'm saying. So he would have been like wiggling around on the ground, hitting the <laughs> other pieces of armor. That's uh, true. Unless he's part ninja, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that doesn't bother me a whole lot. I, I accepted it. No, I mean it, it didn't bother me at all. I just thought it'd been very funny, just as a continuation of that. Uh, he was wearing a corset. Thought that would have been pretty funny. Everyone. She's given away so many corsets. It's made <laughs> all the way around. Um, she single-handedly is changing like the fashion <laughs> fashion style of London. I was about to ask you something, and then I realized it's free. So I won't ask you it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, how much money would it take you to put on a dress? But you've done it before. So. I have. I did. I did wear a dress uh, I for guess, Halloween party. Uh, <laughs> we know that answer. <laughs> it's uh, true. I mean, I guess at least it was Halloween, but yeah. Yeah. In, in general, maybe there's a price. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, that's for a different show. <laughs> not not this one. For the for the post show, we'll have all these questions <laughs> answered. Yeah, the price is wrong. Um, <laughs> so, uh, how did how did you think? So, uh, Millie Bobby Brown was pretty much like the sole actor for the much of the film. There were obviously pretty much every other character was right. I mean, character. I mean, they let, they let her lead her movie, which I think was done accurately. Well, yeah, um, I was going to say, but they still give you enough of like Sherlock that diehard Sherlock. But I guess if you're diehard, maybe you don't like this version of Sherlock. Right. But, uh, well, you, they give you enough Sherlock that you're like, all right, this is fun. He wasn't totally just like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, then... specifically, I was going to say, like, did you think she did a good job with the acting? Do you think she managed to hold, like, uh, carry this movie on her own shoulders? I think, she... I think, her performance would have been good enough <laughs> uh, had the movie taken itself a little bit more seriously. Okay. Um, it was so much of a joke that it was like. Does she even need to carry it on her shoulders? Uh, I mean, it definitely. There was never a point in time where any character felt really right. No, no one, no one else could have carried it over. But it's just like, I, I don't know. It's just like the the movie almost had too much fun, right? And I think that's just the problem with all the style choices just being all over the place. That like, right. had it taken itself a little bit more serious, then like it probably would have actually felt like she was carrying the the movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, like no characters were like really interesting except for uh, the lady in charge of the jujitsu clinic. Um, jiu-jitsu she clinic. was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like even her, we didn't learn a ton about. So I guess my last question would be, would you recommend someone to watch this movie? Would you recommend this to someone? Yeah, for sure. Um, especially uh, anyone who's like 
south of 14 i think is probably pretty enjoyable um and then i mean i got some level of enjoyment out of it there were certain jokes i thought were funny um and we know it's impossible to make you laugh it's impossible to make me laugh there's not a single joke that has ever made me laugh unless it's just a stray harry potter quote (laughs) but Yeah, I mean, like it's it's in no way a bad movie. It's just kind of a an inconsistent movie. Gotcha. Um, not enough stakes. There's not enough stakes. I don't know. Even though, like, yeah, like, isn't it weird that like throughout this entire movie? Well, I, no, that's I take it back. I take it back. There were definitely stakes, <laughs> uh, but the stakes were like imbalanced throughout the movie. It was like sometimes the stakes were basically nothing, and then sometimes the stakes were oh, her mom is going to blow up the entire city. <laughs> right? That was the plan. Or blow up Did, parts or of parliament. it. Or parliament. Yeah, parliament, yeah. <laughs> uh, right? That was, that was Helena Carter's plan. <laughs> um, we were definitely led to believe that, yeah. It was like, wait, what? Her mom's like this crazy... Like, <laughs> like well, we're not talking... Or like serial arsonists. Or that are like... Not yet, but potentially it'll be the greatest domestic terrorist threat <laughs> right, of British right. history or something. Um, and I was like, whoa, um, all if a vote doesn't go your way? Like, I get it, it's a big vote, don't get me wrong. And you should be pissed if it doesn't go your way, but thankfully, a lot of people are going to die if it doesn't go th- your way, I guess. I mean, Anola Holmes saved their lives. Yeah, she she saved Tewksbury and Tewksbury um, decided the balance of the vote. That was enough. Although all I'm saying is, if Enola wasn't there, this is the what the movie did. This is not not my words, not how I feel. This is what the movie presented to me. If Enola wasn't there, Sherlock would have solved it. <laughs> he was late, he, only he because was late. she was there. That is that the is only true. reason he was late. He solved it without being involved. <laughs> also true um, he, he which, which i think is kind of funny because like the end makes it seem right. like she was better because she beat him right but he wasn't involved in any of it and solved it and so solved it <laughs> like i was like that's kind of weird but like that scene felt a little unnecessary or, or not the scene but the question right the the scene was okay with him talking to lestrade but then lestrade is like Just one question oh how'd, but... she, how'd she beat you here yeah yeah and it's like, and then he's just like clever girl, and then right, <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park clever, girl. right, right, uh, yeah. It's it's just like that's a weird scene to be like Sherlock managed to solve it without being involved, and she was super involved, and of course she beat him. She was there, <laughs> she was being shot at. <laughs> if she didn't beat him, there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so it's like yeah, obviously, um. But yeah, like that that's such a weird note that like if Enola Holmes didn't solve it, Sherlock would have. I hadn't even thought of that. Granted, I guess it didn't come to Sherlock's attention without her. So maybe not, who knows. But yeah, it, it, it's a flip-flop. It's just a weird kind of beat if Enola Holmes is obviously the protagonist. <laughs> so it, so it's weird to kind of take that away a little bit, but maybe it doesn't. That's just my interpretation. Um but I like how Sherlock uh, 
at the end is like, oh, but now she's going to be my ward, but he doesn't really care. Right. Like, he's just like, yeah, she can go off on her own. Um, which I think that that's, like, kind of the way to do it is, like, you do the sequel that's just an Anola Holmes, and, like, let's say you just make a trilogy out of it. Um, back in the day when three movies of something was a lot. Um, and then you bring maybe him back for the third to do kind of like a team up mm-hmm. to keep things fresh. Um, but otherwise, wherever they go, I guess I'll be tuning in for the next one. I think we can yeah. move on to the news. But before we do that, for everybody listening, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Unanimous Indecision on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts or any of your other casting software, not software, websites, hosting, whatever you want to call it. I lost my train of thought. Brilliant uh, ad read. There we go. Yeah, I I know how to plug my own stuff. Um, yep. And then uh, go join the Facebook pages, Unanimous Indecision. There's a group also where you will be notified of whenever a new episode comes out. Um, also, you can talk with us if you so choose. Because we love talking about movies. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. It's true. Uh, So, we've got some pretty interesting news today. A lot of uh, Marvel-ish stuff. Um, Oh, yes, Marvel-ish. Marvel-ish stuff. A lot of DC stuff. Um, And then some questionable stuff. But uh, I think it'll be fun. So we we get the nerdy stuff and the not-so-nerdy stuff, as we always do. Um, So let's – I think today it's a lot of nerdy news, to be honest. But go ahead and – what's our first story? So we've finally got some uh, some more news on Avatar sequels, the the live-action James Cameron's Avatar sequels. Right. Uh, So the first movie came out in 2010. Yeah, it's been a decade. Yeah. It's been a long time, and within days of the first one's release, like just after it made a billion dollars, um, they James Cameron was like, you know what? It's getting a sequel. We're doing it. And then very quickly, it was put up to four sequels, so a total of five. <laughs> and then practically no progress was made in almost ten years. And just recently, they got back to well, filming it. Um, there were, well, it, They've it'll been be working on the technology for ten years, and well, sure. But in 2014, it was put on uh, on hold indefinitely for a couple of years. Oh, okay. So it's it's been uh, it's been off and on, but we finally got we heard, a little while back we got to go ahead that they were filming. We we gave some news that um, they were had to invent the technology to be able to film underwater and do all that cool stuff. Uh, well, as of two days ago at the 2020 Austrian World Summit, we've got. Uh, a quote from the director, James Cameron, that Avatar 2 is almost done, and Avatar 3 is almost, almost done. So yeah. they've they've 100% finished filming the live-action parts of Avatar 2, and they're about at about 95% done with the live-action scenes for Avatar 3, which is awesome. Do they say they're going to do 4 and 5 also back-to-back right here? They're doing them. They're doing them. So like as, as Avatar 2 releases, which should be, I think, December of 2021. Maybe they'll already be done with five. Uh, well, that's when they're they're in a finish doing the touches for three, like like, and then they're gonna right. I mean, they'll always be doing touches right throughout. So hopefully, as soon as they finish filming Avatar two, like completely, they'll they'll work on three and then four, then four and five, that kind of like that. So do you think uh, before we really unpack that, um, 
Zoe Saldana, the lead, I guess, um, other than what's his name? Sam Worthington. Is that the, the guy's name? Uh, um, in it. Jake Sully. Yeah. Jake Sully. Is yeah, Sam Worthington. I think that's his name. Uh, from the clash of the Titans movies. Um, and other yes. things, but, yeah. uh, yeah, so Zoe Saldana, who's pretty much probably the biggest star in the movies. Obviously, like Sigourney Weaver's there, but she's not the main character. And Stephen um, Lang is the villain. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, Zoe Saldana obviously is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy three. That movie was, I guess, originally supposed to start filming probably around now to come out in like twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, but so had si- had since been pushed because of the whole James Gunn stuff. Um, towards the end of phase four or five. I don't know how it works. But um, <laughs> but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is now like one of the later slated movies that I think right. is slated for 23, 2023. Do you think that she'll be done with all five by 2023? Like, that'd be crazy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly. Uh... I think it's doable if they're completely doing it back to back. You do about six months per movie. Right. Now I don't know how the underwater changes those timescales. Plus, Avatar One is kind of a longer movie. Are these movies going to be around three hours long? I imagine they'll probably be a little bit shorter than that, just because they're doing four back to back to back. You can you can spread out the the time a little bit more. There's, you don't need to tell as much. <sighs> I also wonder if now there's James probably. Cameron, so maybe there's not so much studio interference. But now it's under Disney, right? Right. I wonder if Disney is like, you can't make a three-hour movie. Granted, the first one was three hours. Uh, so, like, I don't know how much James Cameron gets to be like, this is my movie as I put it out. Or if Disney is like, you need to cut that runtime down so that families can enjoy themselves. <laughs> uh, which is, like, kind of the stuff that happened that was talked about maybe happening to uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't know how much of it actually did happen. I'm not sure. I don't know if... because. For the longest time, that was the highest grossing film of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, why would I you mess with if, that? Right. I don't know if Disney's like, you know what? You do you, man. You you do your thing. We're gonna give you a little studio here. Like you you've got a yeah. you've got a lot. Just go go film. Do your thing. I don't know if they're like that or if they're like, you know what? We're gonna really crack down. We're gonna. Yeah, I, I hope they but let I, him tell it because he's obviously super passionate about this story. To be like, we're not only doing one. We're doing five. <laughs> Ten years later, still be working on it. In, in yeah, action. he's been working on these movies for 20 years, right? Because right. the first one took 10 years to make, right? according to him. Man, that's crazy. So, it, it, yeah, it, he's been working on all this stuff so much that, like, I, I hope he doesn't get interfered because then that's going to be the next Snyder Cut calls, right? It's right. going to be released Cameron cuts of these Avatar movies. I, I mean, can see it now. I, there probably will be some voice for that no matter how the movie turns out there probably will be still some voices that right like, oh, there will be there. claims of studio interference exactly. regardless of whether there is exactly yeah that's probably true um i'm just gonna say the optimal way to probably watch these next few avatar movies is underwater so <laughs> until i can see it underwater <laughs> uh but yeah let's really unpack the the pros and cons of this because i i've got a few just uh in my mind all right and what I'm talking about is filming back to back. Yeah, I, I think a huge pro for this is Lord of the Rings. They filmed all three back to back, never had any feedback from uh, fans, and it worked awesomely. 
even yeah. even when the studio asked them to cut it down, they did. And the the cut down versions are still pretty good. Right. The extended editions are fantastic. But that's <laughs> 15 hours of three movies. Um so like even the cut down ones are like phenomenal. So that that I think is a huge proponent for filming back to back. But like I said, the huge downside is that you get no feedback from fans. You can't react to any changes. You can't. You, but but maybe that's like, a good thing, right? I feel like that's yeah. So I feel like that's both a pro and a con. Yeah, because it's like, on one hand, you don't make changes just because people complain. Right. But at the same time, tell the story you want to tell. But also, you don't have a chance to make any changes. <laughs> Even small it, ones, even small I guess changes. Just in general, it really depends on whether the pros outweigh the cons, because we know that uh, John Wick four and five are filming back to back. Right, which is kind of the same thing. Um, Although I feel like that has more to do with just timing of Keanu, Keanu Reeves' schedule. schedule. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, additionally, they're doing it back to back immediately, so there is no if if there's certain things in four that aren't necessarily like the most popular fans, they don't really have. Right, like let's know. say in like as John Wick with the example because it's a little bit easier to talk about because considering we have no idea where Avatar is going. <laughs> uh, but like let's say John Wick introduces another character. They've introduced a lot of characters. Introduce another character that's very weird, very zany. Everybody hates him. And then he's like the focus of the fifth movie. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, we'll we'll see like, how it I goes. really thought really thought people would like this character at Jar Jar Binks. Right. Like that sort of thing. Right. Like George Lucas maybe has this grand plan for Jar Jar Binks. People don't like him. He reacts by. Yeah. I, I guess that's a good comparison. That's, that's right? a really good comparison. Is that like it, he pivots. If George Lucas's original plan for Jar Jar Binks is Darth Jar Jar. He inadvertently makes him too stupid. Uh, or at least too annoying. Uh, such that fans react so negatively that he goes, maybe we won't go down that path. And instead, he'll just kind of fall to this very minor character, but he'll still be responsible for, you know, awarding the Senate, uh, the Senate, the Senate powers. Exactly. Yeah. I, that was the right way to say that sentence. It was. It was. He is the Senate. He is the Senate, uh, as he has said many a times, just once. But it's enough, enough to be an AKA. So I, I think that's a good comparison. We have the Jar Jar Binks least, adjustment. Right. What's, like the, what's one versus so that's good, versus Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings? Yeah. So so Lord of the Rings um, films it back to back and it works, but Jar Jar Binks gets reacted to and gets reduced. Now I wonder if so. There so those are, are both positives examples. for opposites for not filming back to back and filming right. back to back. Right. But now is there a con for filming back to back and a pro for getting feedback? I mean, I guess like if this happened, it didn't. But like let's say with Sonic, they made like four That of was them. my first, that was my first thought. They made four Sonic movies Sonic. with the original Sonic look. People complain, "Crap, we've got four movies that look right. this way." <laughs> Right. Uh, I guess we can remake all of them. They remade one, but it becomes a question of like a hundred million dollars versus twenty million dollars. I don't know how much it costs, but I'm sure a lot. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, that that's an example. It's obviously not true, but 
Uh, but that's that's a really good example of getting feedback and then changing it where and then it turned out better for the feedback. Yeah, I feel like it's just really easy to be negative. But then there's also things. But here, here's a negative of taking feedback. Star Wars. Also. <laughs> yeah. The sequels, right? They they yeah. take feedback from they. It happened twice. Uh, Force Awakens. People go, it's too much like a New Hope. It's too much inside baseball. So then they go, all right, here's something completely new with the Last Jedi. It's pretty divisive. So then they go, okay, we'll go back to inside baseball, and they create this weird amalgamation of the ideas uh, with Rise of Skywalker. And for some people it works, and for some people it doesn't. Again, another divisive movie. So it's like. I saw there's obviously no correct answer. It's just you have to make the correct decisions based on the path you choose. Another good example would probably be the DC universe, the DCEU. Confirming all the movies without knowing? No. Uh, but early on they were like, you know what? We're going to try and copy the Marvel. Right. The, the, the Marvel outline. But they say that, but they didn't, right? They said I they mean, were going to copy the Marvel outline, but they didn't. Like, well, they sped all. up too quickly. Well, they sped up too quickly. Yeah, like, but if, but then if they anything... start reacting to fans. Fans like, we want more gritty, so they make really dark and gritty. And they're like, oh, that's yeah, too gritty. That, that's the they stuff. React again. <laughs> Definitely the gritty um, comment, uh, because everybody's right. like, the Dark Knight trilogy is flawless, which it is a flawless trilogy. Does that mean that that's what I want every DC movie to be like? No. Right. But uh, yeah, you, you you make a good point with DCU, but like they said, they were following the Marvel trilogy. Marvel, uh, the Marvel plan, the Marvel plan. Yeah. But if anything, they're following the Marvel plan more now than ever before. Well, they've definitely, right? but, but now <laughs> they've now they've given earned. everyone their individual movies. I say, but, but now I think they've, they've earned it when I didn't think they've earned it before. Yeah. Because they did the individual movies. Right. That's my point is that was the Marvel plan is you give everyone their solo and then you combine it and you do like these very loose connections to each other. Sure. Right. Like, I guess Iron Man 2 with Phil Coulson and Thor is pretty close, but uh, but otherwise, they're all, like, loosely connected, and then they come together, and that's kind of the way, like, Wonder Woman and Aquaman feel, is, like, I think in Wonder Woman they mention Atlantis, right? But the, it's not a huge so. part. I think there's, like, the flashback of the war. Yeah. Um, which, again, will be talked about in Black Adam. So, again, these are, like, loose connections that people talk about, but you don't much need full better. integrations. Right, right. And so to me, what they're doing now feels more like the Marvel, <laughs> the MCU model, rather than it was Man of Steel, Man of Steel 2, Man of Steel 3. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like, was that it? I mean, obviously that wasn't it. It was Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League. But like, uh, and if you go with Zack Snyder's original plan, it was supposed to be a five movie arc. So <laughs> release the Snyder cut of movies that don't even exist. Well, uh, we got pretty far off, off point off of Avatar. Also, just before we should, continue, uh... did you hear right. that the Snyder cut, uh, I meant to put, this was one of the things I forgot to put on uh, the news for this week. The Snyder cuts having $70 million worth of reshoots. Interesting. So it's like, now I don't know if this is on top of that original $30 million figure or if it, it's inclusive and they just bumped the number up. But well, like they probably started filming and realized we can't do it for how much. Yeah, right. The the initial idea basically like anyone who is advocating not I shouldn't say advocating for a Snyder cut. 
because I think deep down I wanted the Snyder Cut too. But the idea behind the campaign for the Snyder Cut is that the film existed. Right. That you just had to release it. Now that started becoming not exactly true when they were like, oh, we'll do that a year from now. And it's like, well, why not do it now if it exists? And it's like, okay, well, you have to polish it up. Okay, that's fine. And they were like, we're going to do it for $30 million. Okay, that's a little more than I'd expect, but fine. All right, all the actors are coming back. Uh, why? I thought but it was now done. it's a 70 mil research. <laughs> they're, they're just shooting a new movie. <laughs> Some movies are made for this, this price. Some movies are made for $30 million, but... Uh, they're they're just making a movie. Yeah, like this is, the, I think the original budget for the movie was like two or three hundred million dollars. This is another twenty five percent almost. Right. So like, yeah, no wonder this movie's four hours long. I know it's being released in a series, but uh, it's four hours of content. Like, yeah, of course you got to add more money before you made three hours of content. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh. Yeah, it, the the narrative that the Snyder Cut fully existed, I think everyone should be able to agree, isn't true. Now, that's okay. We're getting some new thing, uh, which I hope is really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let's... Uh, so they're filming Avatar back-to-back. Hopefully they finish really quick so Zoe Saldana can do Guardians 3, but hopefully not so quick that they ruin the Avatar series. Um, because they won't have any feedback to course correct. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess even if there is a huge error, granted, like Zoe Saldana will be like five years older or whatever. Right. And I don't mean just Zoe Saldana. Any of the actors will be five years older. But like there are two year gaps between each movie. Despite them maybe all being done. So I guess there is still time to do some last minute reshoots because like you have two years to react yeah, there's not a lot of changes that happen in movies once they're finished shooting like that, but there's at least some time that if if you look through it and be like, mm, we need to go back and fix something. There's Whereas a I'm pretty sure in Lord of the Rings, where I was given a positive example of this, I believe Lord of the Rings, all three of them were one year apart from each other, so it's a little less time. Okay. Um, but so like maybe it's they still do get the benefit of reacting, but most of the work is done. Right, right. So it, it might work. Um, all right. So uh, moving along. Yeah, definitely. Keep us going. Okay. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the CW, we've gotten confirmation that Supergirl is going to be starting its final season this upcoming. This upcoming. Uh, Before go-around. we fully delve into this, have you caught up on? Have you like finished oh. the last seasons of all of them? Of all the shows, no. Maybe uh, not Legends of Tomorrow because I don't no, think I I'm caught up on that. I, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm caught up on, I believe, everything but Flash. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Black Lightning, because I need to go back and watch Black Lightning. Yeah, I guess Black Lightning for me too. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm even. I know Black Lightning. Uh, the few episodes I did see of it seemed good. I just didn't know. I watched I the first to season. Vote. I liked the first so much season. time. I, just, I was doing other things and <laughs> to I another one. But I guess now the arrow's gone. Maybe, maybe I'll go back and watch it. So, uh, we've got so season six is gonna be the final season of Supergirl. And Which this is, is kind weird because of... you'd expect Flash maybe to end second since that was the second show, right? You expect them to go out in the order they came in, first, first in, first out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, Supergirl is one of the CW's like best shows, most watched. It's it's so... one of the most watched, but one of the things they've been saying 
um well, is it's, that it's, the ratings have been declining and it's like isn't that just natural for shows in general <laughs> so i've looked i've looked at the ratings and it, it it's bad actually oh it's like, really bad it, it's bad for season five uh the final episode the viewership dropped uh from the first episode of season five to the last one the viewership dropped more than 70 percent. whoa that's huge yeah now i will say i mean just like it and, and it was it was like episode. a well, it was it was a steady decline the entire season. It, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Full full downtrend the entire. I, I think that's the more interesting thing because I don't think the last episodes <clears throat> necessarily like all the last episodes of the DC TV shows on the CW. A lot of acronyms there. Uh, right. They all kind of got this unfair burden of like episode eighteen being the season finale, right? Instead of the normal episode twenty two or whatever it is. And so it just like felt really weird, and it was like, this is the conclusion. Batwoman ends with a hush reveal and then doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, now, yeah, it, it, so this is, big shakeup, I think is kind big of... shakeup, and it's <laughs> it's kind of a shame. So this was the fourth watched show, and it was behind the Flash, Supernatural, and Batwoman. But Supernatural's over, also. So right. So now Supernatural's right. gone. Supergirl's gone. Arrow was probably one of the most watched shows as well, I imagine, mm-hmm. up there. That one's gone. So now it's just Flash and Batwoman, and Batwoman's already getting a shakeup that we don't know if it'll maintain its popularity. Right. Um, with its um, lead actress changing. Now, uh, uh, I'm kind of, so just not necessarily for, for our world, but I'm, I'm also upset for just like in universe because we had just gotten a preview of, of Super Friends being started. <laughs> within the shows with with the crossover on Infinite if Earths. i'm being honest they should have just ended with the crisis crossover probably they should have no more movie no more shows that's the end i'm sorry stories didn't get wrapped up or they should have planned to wrap everything up with crisis but like we get that reveal of super friends they get the the table right, right. They get the table where, they get where the, superman uh, flash black lightning right. supergirl uh who else is there um White Canary's there. Uh, Batwoman's there. Maybe that's it. There might be. It. Hopefully, I got them all. Um, they're all sitting. Was Ray there? The Adam? Was he there? I don't, I don't think he had a spot. Yeah, on the I table. don't think so. Um, yeah. So they they sit around the table, and so now that we get the Super Friends, Supergirl will be gone. Arrow's gone, but he was gone with the, with the table. We, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So Supergirl's gone, Arrow's gone. Batwoman's a different character, so are we, we still going to welcome this new Batwoman into the, the Super Friends? And it, it's, it's, a, not, like, it's not just a new actor, it's a new character. Meaning, right, it's not Kate Kane. Like, she, she doesn't know who this stuff is. Like, is she just going to walk back and be like, hey guys, so I uh, job? And they're like, yeah, you get a seat at the table, and then like... right. Green Lantern's coming, and he's gonna be like, "What? I, I've been around this whole time. I'm Diggle. Right. Come on, <laughs> yeah. It, it's gonna everybody be loves weird. me. Like, I don't. I just. I don't know how much more the CW. It feels like it has a, a timer on it now. Yeah, I don't know how much more they can sustain themselves because Legends has been off doing their own thing. I, I, I don't even know. And I think you had an argument that it had a timer the moment Arrow ended, but like, that might have been true, but it was very hidden. Well, and then this move, I think ending Supergirl after this season, this is the one. People... But at the same time, it's weird, right? Because we're getting a new Superman show. Right. 
But so is she gonna be? Is she gonna still be on the? Is she still gonna be on the show or the series? Is she gonna go on Legends tomorrow? Will she show up in Flash or the Superman show? Like, will she be? Will Melissa? I can't pronounce last name. Ben- Benoist. Still, ben- Benoist. Ben- 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 I have know. no idea. But, but will she still be around at all, or is she just completely gone? I think what I read is that the characters from the Supergirl TV show will make cameo appearances, um, kind of in the same way that I guess the Arrow ones will be. But it's like it's weird to say that it's dying when we're getting two new shows. Right. We're getting the new Superman show and then we're also getting <laughs> the, uh, the, the new Arrow show. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if either of those shows I think Superman can. Hold can. I think Superman can. Right. I mean, I've actually heard a lot of talk comparing Smallville this. held it for 10 years on its I've, own I've, basically. I've heard a lot of talk comparing this to the new marvel shows because i've heard a lot of people saying like i don't think marvel's going to be able to survive this just because and and i this is not something i agree with uh i think marvel is doing fine with the shows but people are saying like most of the main characters the, the stories are told uh, iron man's gone all these characters are being switched out for new ones we're telling these new stories and a lot of these are going to shows people are like it's just not going to survive and so I, I can see a comparison here but i i feel like marvel's going to make it out of this and, and the Arrowverse might not yeah What's what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is with the MCU, we're going to, as advertised, constantly be having movie characters hop back and forth. We know that because I don't think Wanda is not going to be in the next Avengers movie. You don't think she's not going to be? Right. I think she'll be in Avengers 5. Okay. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I guess it's more questionable, but I do think they'll also be in Avengers 5. How about She-Hulk? I would I would love it if she was. I think that's that's more questionable. That's that's kind of um, point. Like, do we think when we eventually get a Moon Knight? Like, but I think there's a possibility movies? that Bruce Banner will show up in the She-Hulk series, maybe just for an episode. But I'd like that. But if if the the higher, it, it, I feel like it's two different questions, right? Because like the Arrowverse is kind of a universe on its own, right? And so it needs to hold its weight on its own. Well, whereas the, the MCU TV shows can kind of be like this tumor on the movies that like they can keep making the movies at the same rate and they're even increasing eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment they announced they were doing four movies a year, this pandemic hit. <laughs> um, I'm just, saying. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not pointing fingers, but uh... yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, they're bumping up movies to four a year. So they're making more movies than ever before. And then also increasing the TV shows. I, I think sure. It definitely could lose its weight, but I I think right now I think the MCU the... is going wide rather than tall. Right, they have the basis. They can they can start um, like like phase one and two is probably them going tall. Phase three is a little bit of both because we get now... like the final trilogies of a lot of them. Okay, and then but we still get some new characters like Black no Panther question. and Captain Marvel. And then now think... it's a ton of new stuff, so it's very wide. Do you think that their ability to to stay strong or to stay stable with these uh with this change up is because of how varied the properties within the the universe are like we have so many different characters so many different movies so many different yeah like, but i mean dc is the well, same way dc has well, just as many diverse characters in well, powers in stories and i, I just mean right. strictly within the arrowverse i don't right. and i don't mean marvel characters in general i mean what's in the mcu like the different we have thor we have iron man we have captain america we have doctor strange so are you saying how within the flash there's four flash characters and no my point is if if the arrowverse had had 
seven shows or eight shows instead of four or five or whatever that it as they like as it starts to branch out now we uh it would have a better chance of staying strong or do you it's... think because like we it lost arrow which was its biggest show it was the first one is the biggest one yeah and people were like well i don't know if i want to watch it but it's like arguably flesh can uh i i think flesh should be able to and but where maybe flash have and Right, maybe where Flash has its shortcomings, maybe Superman can pick up on it, um, and then potentially if they change small things about Batwoman, Batwoman should be able to carry some of the load. Um, because I feel like Supergirl was carrying some of the load, um, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be tough once Supergirl's gone because I think this season will be okay. Um, it'll just be after Supergirl's gone. But they were even making some comments that, like, there are certain things that um, – it was basically kind of the whole thing when we first heard, heard uh, the Superman was getting a series is that, like, Superman's best stories have already been told in Supergirl. Right. And I think they acknowledged it also. Because they said through Crisis there will be certain Supergirl Superman stories that will be retconned. Um, we have a different actor playing Lex Luthor, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it's it's a little weird that they combine the universes and still... I feel like DC does this all the time, is they have this like universe, multiverse ending calamity, and then the way they rebuild it is like shoddy worksmanship <laughs> um and then they have to do it again that was the whole new 52 right yeah uh so like it's it's weird to do now now granted we're not so far into this new multiverse that uh we're past the point of the changes from crisis um so it's still okay but they they better get their stuff together pretty quick otherwise I don't know how much uh, it'll be able to hold itself up. Yeah, I get that. Plus, also, HBO is kind of crushing it with their shows with... uh, Maybe not Titans. I think Titans is the least popular one they've got over there. Um, But Doom Patrol is really popular. Um, They're eventually getting a Green Lantern series. They'll be getting the Batman-connected Gotham show. Mm -hmm. Um, Watchmen was really good. So maybe eventually, and, and I mean, like, if if you if I had to have one, and my choices were more CW shows or more HBO, very much connected DC shows, mm-hmm. maybe I go the HBO route, which kind of is unfortunate. I definitely want both. Yeah, um, I guess we have to wait to see how these shows turn out because they they look promising so far. Which I mean, uh, since we're talking about it, um, that uh, John Cena's character, yes, um, is getting a show, right? Well, yes, go, jump into that. Well, what jump what is that story? I, I know that was further <laughs> down, but I didn't expect us to. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's just run through all the DC news right now. Okay. Well, we have we have confirmation on who's playing Hawkman in the. And... Uh, in Black Adam. Oh right, right, right. Sure. Yep. So Aldous Who, Hodge, Aldous Hodge, 
He is known from uh, City on the Hill and also appeared in the remake of Invisible Man. Okay. So he's playing Hawkman in Black Adam and we don't we still don't net, don't yet know who is portraying Doctor Fate or uh, Cyclone, but now we have two other characters that will be fighting against um, Black Adam in the in the movie. Yeah, so that's uh, good. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, it's uh, nice to hear that that movie keeps moving along. Yeah, I, I think they're doing it well. Where they, you know, like give it a little while, maybe a month or so, then release a little bit more information. So there's like they're not like they're not dropping everything all at once and then hype dies. Like they're yeah, slowly yeah, yeah. keeping going, and I think that's the way to go. Uh, moving on, what you mentioned. <laughs> John Cena's character from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad is getting a spin-off TV show, which I think is hilarious considering we haven't even seen the character yet and the show's already confirmed. This makes me so happy and dumbfounded at the same time. Not only do we know that it's getting a show, uh, but also we know that it's getting an eight-episode straight-to-series order for its first season. Uh, oh, so James that Gunn. means it'll be it'll have multiple seasons potentially. Uh, and James Gunn is writing all the episodes and directing it, at least a number of them. I'm so in. So <laughs> it's gonna. I mean, it, the show is gonna ex- explore the origins of the character and probably go into a bit more about that. Well, okay. there will likely be some hmm. connected tissue. I just I think it's very funny. Did they say if the show would come out before the Suicide Squad? I don't. I, I imagine it's coming out after. Well, so uh, here's my initial theory. <laughs> okay. Well, because uh, the, the, my... the, the movie's coming out next year, so it'd be very impressive for them to actually film this and get it out before next year. Before I mean, it's a TV show, year. right? But um, uh, True. Granted, it's the HBO series, so it takes a while. But, uh, and it's only eight episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Give them a couple months, right? Uh, if it was coming before the Suicide Squad, I had this thought, and I was just like, I just want this to be true so much <laughs> is I want us to get the, the uh, season one of peacemaker John Cena's character. And maybe it has some of the other characters in it as well. Uh, so... But it where everybody's like, Oh man, peacemakers. Awesome. Like, obviously he's a terrible guy, but like awesome right. from like a, it, it's a very creative character. Right. Um, But like, Everyone gets super hyped about him, and then he gets the slingshot moment. He dies very early in the movie. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That uh, would be incredible. Like, like, don't get too attached. He he I forces us to get attached to a guy for one season, and then. I mean, that might be the way to go. If because why would you get a big? I mean, we know right? that 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 uh cast is stacked, but like, why get yeah, the whole cast? Is a big stacked. character. To play, why get such a big actor to play a character that's going to die off immediately? But if you get a mean, TV show, if you, yeah, if maybe you get a TV works. show, there you go. So uh, we do know that the show is uh, scheduled to begin production in early January. But that thing's also kind of done. Um, you said in early January. Early January of next year. Mm, okay, so maybe it comes out right after the movie. I, I imagine uh, it's going to come out after, like in uh, October or something like that. Right. Um, September, October. But. Uh, what did you say just before that? Oh, huge actor, huge Ackman. No, um, <laughs> but uh, a huge actor to play a, a one-off character, or something like that. Uh, I feel like that's you. You get to a certain point where you cast such a big actor that is your only goal, because yeah. there's no way you can pin him down. Mm-hmm. So like, it, I mean, like we're in a pretty strange era that like 
as big of an actor as like Johnny Depp would sign on to do five Fantastic Beast movies. Um, or Robert Downey Jr. Granted, you could argue that the place where he was at in his career in 2008 is vastly different than where he is now. Um, and like Chris Evans, I guess, was only an up-and-coming actor. Um, and so it's like, in, in some ways, it's questionable. But... Uh, it used to be though, like if you the bigger the actor, the shorter time you had with them, right? <laughs> um, and maybe Tom Cruise has kind of spearheaded this because he's such a Mission Impossible fanatic um, that he's like, no, we will keep pushing forward with these movies, and then everyone's just like, yeah, I want a franchise that I'm kind of spearheading, and Robert Downey Jr. does it so well, and then Henry Cavill maybe was going to do it so well with the dceu and so the age of franchises uh yeah it's the age of franchises yeah i i don't know i mean it definitely could be the way to go my question is very funny will it be i mean like you you get a guy like john cena leads me to believe it's connected to a live action movie is it a live action show i would imagine that it's a live action show okay um we die however nothing i've read has said that definitively one way or another though so i don't i could be interested if they have the fun they they just need to start having the fun that the animated stuff does where they're not so afraid to put every character in it right which is kind of the way the suicide squad movie sounds and feels and i i definitely feel like it's much easier to do that with an animated show though because you don't need to bring in all these different actors so granted sometimes you have same person voice act multiple times again but you can simply change your voice you you can't right. as easily change your looks fair definitely so uh so yeah very interesting well we're gonna move on a little bit and cover movie release dates and in, in theaters yeah let's go to the the other side of the aisle yeah <laughs> so uh, this this world situation or at least here in america is uh, still going strong uh, it's kind the of world is still turning. It is still turning, unfortunately. Wait, no. Despite uh, my individual best efforts. <laughs> what, what is Nick Fury's line? Uh, we will pretend the world will continue to turn until it... Oh, what is it? I'm totally butchering it. Um, you, want, you want to try for that again? or? No. Nah. Maybe I'll All think right. about it later. Well, sticking with the Marvel side, since you're going to try and quote from it... Um, horribly i might say we've we've gotten news that the uh marvel cinematic universe schedule is changing once again so unfortunately black widow will no longer be releasing uh in 2020 it has been moved to early 2021 i believe yeah. february or march i think it's may is it, wow god i sent you the article man Come you on. did and i read it and i <laughs> i read a lot of articles man yeah, it, I think it's May. I believe the quote is by Nick Fury is like, "Yeah, May of un, until the world decides that it's stop, it will stop spinning. We will pretend as if it will continue to spin on." Okay. Or we will behave um, as if the world will continue to spin on. So, uh, yeah, originally... which again, as everyone would assume with Marvel, that yeah. pushes everything. <laughs> Yeah, it pushes everything. So originally, black schedule or black schedule. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Black Widow was originally moved like the first time was moved to November six, which 
was then occupied by Eternals, which then moved to February, which was occupied by Shang-Chi. So it was pushing everything back. So I believe now the current schedule is Black Widow in May. And then July 9th, we get Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And then in November, then we get Eternals. February of 2022, we have Thor 4. Uh, March 25th of 2022. Yeah, okay. That, that stuff's so far out. that It is, it is. But basically, um, every single movie in the release yeah, schedule everything has shifts. been shifted by one. Um, Which is kind of unfortunate, because that yeah, means that Black this Wood is the first year, year. This is the first year where not a single MCU movie has been released since 2009. Crazy. That's wild. Yeah. Like... And right, that's, not, that's, that's that's a statistic I've never even thought about. Like I haven't even thought about this for the last yeah, because Iron Man two years. came out in twenty ten, right? And Hulk, right? That's um, crazy. Yeah, kind of sucks. Well, something that's so... how bad of a year it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no Marvel movies. We haven't yet gotten confirmation, so maybe um, Pixar's Soul is what has because Pixar's Soul hasn't moved yet, so we might still be getting that. Which I think that I, I think the the Black Widow move has like two headlines, mm-hmm. um, separate from it just moving in general. Okay. Uh, or maybe a third because the movies. Um, but the first one is probably related to Soul, which is that like. I mean, because as of right now, it's released. It's still scheduled for November 20th this year. And Black Widow was supposed to come out, like, what, November 6th? November 6th. So that's only a two-week difference, and they're keeping Soul there. But I think it's very interesting that you originally said, I want to say it was, uh, well, very originally Shang-Chi, but then Eternals was going to come out in February. Yeah. And that date has been vacated. Right, they skip over that. Is right. that gonna be sold? But then why not move it in the same announcement? I don't know. Right? Like why announce? Oh, we're moving these. I'm not even gonna mention that one. And then I mean, maybe to stick with franchises. Maybe stick with a franchise. I guess, but from a studio narrative, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to release uh, a separate a separate press statement. Because like, why would you right. want to be talked about twice that you're moving dates? So that they can stay in the news. All news is good news. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so so that I think is the big notion is that February was vacated and Soul held its spot. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like super weird because it's like, does that mean Soul isn't holding its spot? But why not announce that? Right. Um, and then the other big thing uh, of note to me, um, other than the biggest note, is that Shang-Chi and Eternals flipped? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> now, does that just mean that, like, one of, one of them was like, hey, we're a little bit behind schedule. Can we just, you know, like, uh, I thought Eternals room? was done. That was, that's what we were led to believe. That's what we were told. And, and I have no reason to think otherwise. Something that just came into my mind is, do you think Shang-Chi is a Chinese love letter of goodwill? That, like, they screwed up Mulan so bad that they were like, uh, bring Shang-Chi faster. Maybe. Is that what it is? Because uh, otherwise, like, the MCU has such a rigid plan. Now, I don't think Shang-Chi and Eternals affect each other in the slightest. <laughs> but 
so They're like very far removed from each other. You you could put those movies out in the same week and I won't <laughs> it won't matter. <laughs> uh like they're gonna feel like different genres. They're <laughs> like there's so many differences in them. Completely different power sets, like no connections whatsoever. Maybe there are, but uh, and maybe that was something is that they wanted to put something in Shang Chi and they were like Hey, I guess Eternals we now can... has to come after it. But right. uh, so maybe, maybe something like that. Uh, I don't know. That's a weird flip to me. Do you have any theories about that? No, I because I, I was trying to think of it more from like a filming standpoint, and I was like, it really doesn't make sense unless one of them is behind. But Eternals is supposed to already be done. Yeah. I don't know why they'd push for push up Shang Chi. I guess your theory makes sense. I don't know. Right. I don't it's, really have any other It's just a weird that. situation. Um, right. And then I think the biggest one, which goes into our next news thing, is that um, with Black Widow, after Wonder Woman moved, um, I guess Death of the Nile was going to be uh, the next quote-unquote big movie. Um, no, I, I didn't think this movie was actually going to be huge. Um but it's just larger than some small it, yeah yeah it, it was it was going to be pretty good it has a uh an a cast an a rated cast mm-hmm. um but like i don't know how much money it was going to make i believe death of the nile moved um which was going to make then black widow the next and obviously black widow is going to be a huge movie um considering the last few marvel movies have all made a billion dollars so Black Widow being the next big one, but then Black Widow moves. So now Soul and No Time to Die on November twentieth are the next big things. That's are the next big things. Now, granted, I don't think play. they enter each other's markets at all. Um, <laughs> you don't. But, you don't think there's a connection between Soul and No Time to Die? I mean, I'll go see both. Like, I guess I'm the the demographic that like, oh, I have to choose. But like at the same time, I'm going to choose both. Right. Like, I'm not going to be one or the other. It's not one or the other for you. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know. if it, it hits just two completely different notes. Um, right. And so with those being the next big movies, like, I, I don't know. It's just, um, wait, which, what, what's this next news article? What does it say? We the the, the NATO thing? Yeah, jump to the NATO thing. No, I'm not talking about the North Atlantic Treaty. <laughs> so the the what is it the 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 I, National Association of Theaters theater owners Na- theater owners theater owners uh, you know NATO yeah the, NATO. the one and only NATO that's important. <laughs> um, they're basically have uh, come out saying that you know um, more theaters I believe more theaters are going to shut down. Uh, but it's they, well, not no, definitive. Sorry, but. They don't expect other major studios to follow Universal's cues in making making more movies like at home. Right. They they think like you know most most other studios are probably gonna say we're gonna just wait until things are you know back to normal and then we'll release them then. If I understood that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Which like it, it was a pretty uh, reasonable response from the theaters. Right. Because to a certain extent. It's really tough hearing both these news articles because, in a way, I think both moves were maybe good moves. 
Um, and now I'm not talking about from an ethical standpoint. I'm not talking about from, I'm talking purely financials. The, the movie studios, right. They're, they're businesses. Their primary objective is to make money. Right. The movie studios go, Oh, tenant was going to be a big movie. Tenet didn't, didn't, I mean, it's still making money. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, it's it's, not making what it could have. It's not making what it could have. So a little disappointing. The Mulan move. Is pretty disappointing. Right. So then you have like, you basically have no solution, right? Mo- movie studios go, we have no way to make money. Right. We can't put movies in theaters. That won't make money. We can't put movies on VOD. That won't make enough money. There's so no we- solution. So all we can do is move movie dates and just wait till people are comfortable, have confidence and- in things. And so maybe that's that's the right choice financially. For the studios. For the studios. But and, th- and theaters are really missing out. And in this theater's response, I think, is also well said. They go, we understand that. <laughs> that maybe the, those movies didn't make sense. But also, we want to make money. And the only way we're going to make money, and I think it says in there, they need tentpole movies. Mm-hmm. Death of Nile might be a financially viable movie. It's not a tentpole movie. Black no. Widow, that's a tentpole movie. Wonder Woman, that's a tentpole movie. No Time to Die, maybe. Mm, Soul, a Pixar movie, maybe. Um, coin flips, though, in my opinion. Right. Like, right. they're big, but... They have the possibility. Of I, I, I think franchise movies like Black Widow and Wonder Woman are, like, so many leagues above. Granted, James Bond is a franchise, but I still don't think there's... There's enough beloved love to get people there, but at the same time, like, in current conditions, I don't know if it outweighs it. So they go, we really needed black widow to stay at its current date. And with it moving, that puts two months between now and new movies, November 20th, assuming no time to die and soul keep their dates. If they don't, then it's wonder woman again in the middle of December. And then it's, Sorry, Wonder Woman's December 25th. It's Dune, which again, Dune is kind of like the same range of like James Bond or Tenet, in my opinion. That's like, people will go see it, but, but it... given current conditions, coin toss. Right. Um, independent of the movies being good. Uh, so like, with Black Widow moving, two months of not new big movies being released maybe theaters got to close back down again it would suck but even they can't someone to stay open. they can't afford to pay people because i mean like the studios and you may have reduced hours already and i think you were saying that yours have maybe shortened even more yeah i, I don't think just in order there's... to keep doors open and there's not a lot of people going out to see movies i could be wrong about this but i don't think there's a movie show time before 4 p.m which is crazy right uh, they basically just... eliminated matinees. Right. And that, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense because, you know, people working during the day, yeah. they're not going to be able to go to those earlier showings. Why pay people to stand? Why pay people to stand around and do nothing? Right. When or, they, they just... or run empty movie theaters. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, it's tough, but given what we, the people uh, have done is not go to movie theaters. Now, if yeah. if you don't feel comfortable on a personal level, that's totally fine. I'm not saying how you're single-handedly killing the... No, that's not what I'm saying. 
But what I'm saying is just enough people in general aren't going to movie theaters such that it is not necessarily viable for movie theaters to be open and just be showing 40-year-old movies. Mm -hmm. I even got to thinking, I was like, man, it's been a while since I've been to the movie theater. I saw Tenet twice. (laughs) Uh, I saw... since theaters have been open, I saw four movies in like the first two weeks. I saw Inception, Jurassic Park, and Tenet twice. I think maybe Empire Strikes Back is coming back to the theaters. I'm thinking about going to see that. But it's like, even with them being open, they're showing 40-year-old movies. I still haven't been in two weeks. And I'm someone who goes weekly. I, I'm one of those people they need, right? <laughs> yeah. But like... Uh, it's such a it's such a toss up that like they really need bigger movies. Um, they they need billion. Obviously, not that many movies make a billion dollars, but they need half a billion dollar movies. Um, right. like once every other month, once a month, whatever it is. Um, and unfortunately, with all the movie release dates moved, I don't foresee them getting anything close to that in the next two months. It's likely that we'll start seeing a lot of movie theaters close back down, at least for a month and a half or so. And it won't be for safety reasons. It won't be for anything. It'll be purely a financial move. Right. Which leads me to believe something we had talked about earlier this summer, that uh, with the Paramount decrees being uh, repealed, um, so now studios can buy movie theaters, I think with theaters closing back down, I think in these next two months we might be seeing moves by studios, by uh, streaming services such as Amazon, Apple, Netflix, um, into buying movie theater chains. I mean, AMC nearly, de- nearly or did declare no, bankruptcy. They did, they did declare bankruptcy. They declared bankruptcy, and just during that, we heard talks of uh, Universal and Amazon maybe buying them. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those panned out to my knowledge. Uh, (laughs) But maybe those talks resume in these next two months. Right? Like, uh, and and if I had to hedge a bet, I'd say Amazon will be the first one to buy a movie theater chain. Amazon's got the most capital right now out of any other company. I can see that. I don't think Apple would do it, but I could definitely also see Apple do it. Yeah, because both like, of them have a ton of capital. They yeah. enter industries they're not fully in, right. um, like TV, uh, <laughs> just in general with with Apple. Um, and then I mean Amazon too, but that was a little further but ago. I've seen a, I've seen quite a few ads for for like new Apple TV originals. I can absolutely see them trying to, or at least right. considering broadening into the movie theater and i mean a lot of people might suggest netflix i don't know if netflix will but netflix already owns two movie theaters they own one in la one in new york new york i believe um and as far as i know that's basically just to qualify for oscars i don't know if that ruling is going to have to change because there's been so few movies this year that went to theaters that like and also the budget of streaming movies aren't now nothing to to squawk at right like now they're full-fledged movies with full-fledged casts right um some of the early ones are maybe a little dicey but now there's such there's such high production value that's like maybe they do just got to start considering everything um which like okay (laughs) 
Um, I guess that maybe that maybe kills the theatrical release, but who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I think something big is going to change in these next two months with financial losses from the theater perspective. Probably. Um, Probably. And I mean, well, going off of like streaming services, just trying to build up there. Like we're we're getting more and more like big budget shows and, and movies. This is this is kind of weird. So we've got confirmation of another show coming out of uh, Marvel Studios. And it's weird that we're hearing about this now rather than a couple months ago. Like, like what's either a couple months ago or a couple months from now. (laughs) Right. Right. So we've gotten confirmation that a uh, Nick Fury show is going to be produced uh, and will be on Disney plus with Samuel L. Jackson coming back to reprise the role uh, with Kyle Bradstreet to uh, write and executive produce. And right. he's worked on Mr. Robot, Copper, That's right. Berlin Station. Right, nothing uh, I've seen, but things I've heard good things about. Right, right. <laughs> but this this is really weird, I think. So actually, I agree with you that it's weird until I don't. Okay, okay, well, where um, do you not agree with this? News I... comes in pairs. Okay. Okay, and sometimes the pairs are too different. And specifically, I'm talking about movie news. I don't know a whole lot about anything else because I don't read anything else. <laughs> Um, but movie news specifically, um, this is a TV show, but it's related to movies. Movie news comes in pairs. Either it's from the same studio and it's bad news, then good news, mm-hmm. which is this instance, or it's two different studios where it's, oh, we've got good news and we're being talked about. And then someone else is like, we want to be talked about too. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you guys are willing to talk about things right now. Well, here's another thing to talk about. Maybe. So, uh, but in this instance, we get the Black Widow moving. That's quote unquote negative. Um, but then we get Nick Fury series. It's coming out. Hey, it's not all bad. <laughs> now we don't yet know the title of the show. Which no way they you, you can't call it anything other than Fury, right? Oh, or director. M- but maybe it's just got to be Fury, right? So according to IMDb, it's already in pre-production. Is Hawkeye in pre-production? Hawkeye's past pre-production, right? Because they have so. scripts, in theory. I think so. Um, Where do you think the show would go? There's and several options. And do you think this is about Nick Fury in 2023? Or much earlier? I think there's several options. Because um, gonna... this show definitely has the option to show us like behind the scenes of what Fury's been doing throughout how, the year. How much more time do you have before? Uh, a couple minutes. Okay, so I'll try to go through the options yeah, that I yeah, think they could do quickly. All right. Um, so the first one, and, and a lot of them are pretty easy to like conceptualize. Mm-hmm. Now they're a little harder when you incorporate Samuel L. Jackson into the picture. <laughs> but um, so an easy one is before Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's soldier of fortune kind of thing. Um, you actually show him fa- uh, be part of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s founding and all that stuff. You maybe have more Howard Stark stuff. All good things. Right. Um, all good things, except for, um, which is kind of the same problem with the next idea, which is, well, what has Nick Fury been doing for the 15 years between uh, Captain Marvel and Iron Man 1? Right. Um, sure. Fill in those gaps. Great. Fantastic. Um, this is now a Nick Fury that knows aliens exist. He's uh, he's not director of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, right? 
Uh, no. Right, he was just an agent. So maybe we see him become director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right? That That's a progression the show could take. Yeah. Now, the, both those ideas have the same problem that the Captain Marvel movie in general had, is you can de-age the face but not the knees. Yeah. Um, like watching Samuel L. Jackson bend down, it's rough. Um, <laughs> and the fight scenes are a little, uh, but uh, didn't pull me out. That, that, <laughs> uh, it's just like, if you focus on it, you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> right. Um, it was a slow moving young man. Because mm-hmm. uh, dude's like 70 years old. He's, he's definitely getting up there. So um, it's fun to have a character, like to have a show about this character who we've seen for, for several years and a, We'd Which I mean, up, that's something you can't do much of the action. Anymore. That's something that's good though. Is like better late, better now than any later. Because <laughs> um, if we wait five more years, maybe it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the the next natural idea, uh, of course, is the end credit scene of Spider-Man: Far From Home when we get revealed. Oh, the Nick Fury that's been in this movie was actually a scroll, and that's He's okay. And Nick space. Fury's in space, so we get kind of sword we get we get the big sword reveal um i think i and now that that in itself has kind of two ideas maybe it's creating sword or just sword exists now um yeah i think i'm kind of into the idea of creating sword since we don't really get to see how shield is totally founded we get some of it in agent carter and agents of shield but, but uh, not, not enough that you're satisfied. Like, you know, it'd be fun to kind of follow the creation of a show or of, of a secret um, agent organization. Of a, of a thing like this, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think I like the idea of the creation of sword. Um, okay. But then it's, well, actually hold on. <laughs> Is there a time jump between that scene and no? Cause we see the call. Yeah, we see the call. There can't be a time jump. Does that mean Nick Fury creates sword in two months? Or it's been there for a little while already. And but, we just were not we just weren't a high enough level uh to know about it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, to a certain extent I guess that's true. But if you think about it as a reaction to Thanos, it's right. really only been like two months since Thanos. That's quick. <laughs> there may have been... But then again, you can do that points. in eight episodes. Right. You can do two months in eight episodes. And I imagine, you know, Nick Fury, who's been in charge of this organization for so long, is right. going to have one of fast response time to, we just had this massive world-ending threat. Uh, we're going to want to put something up in place to defend against the next one that may come at any time. Yeah, he's definitely your man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd be interested in that. You can have like some Captain Marvel connections, like the comics, which is all cool. Um, and then, uh, so so that's I think probably what I want is the creation of Sword. Okay. Um, I think what it'll be is kind of Sword will already exist and it will continue from that far from home scene. So it's gonna be weird to like already have it just exists now yeah it just it's it's just there we're just we're following but i mean that's kind of how it is like in iron man one right like iron right. man does all this stuff and then nick fury shows up at the end and he's like he's like hey there's a whole world you out don't there. realize what you just stepped into and right that's kind of the same way right, that's is true. that like 
hey, this is the world everyone just stepped into because of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just same thing, uh, which is why I think that's why where they will probably go. Okay. But I'd that. like to see the creation of Sword. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> so I think the way they'll probably end up going is is post Endgame. Right. Um, I feel like that's the kind of the direction he doesn't have too many. So like we'd we'd all thought that his contract was up. Or at least I had. Thought Which maybe from a movie standpoint it is. But we, yeah, but TV but he, show. And if he wants to come back and reprise the role, which obviously he does, because you know he's here. Um. I think the weird thing about him is that he always talks about wanting to reprise the role, but he still wants a good amount of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, like, this weird balance. Whereas, like, take someone like Mark Ruffalo, maybe. Now, Mark Ruffalo's not quite as big of an actor as Samuel Jackson. Because mm-hmm. um, Samuel Jackson's, like, stuff of legends. But Mark Ruffalo feels, like, very much like the guy that's, like, I just want to be in everything. Just right. pay me enough. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> I don't even have to be the main character. I would like to, but I don't have to be. I just want to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like it'll it'll likely be be a sword show, uh, which would be cool. I think the other thing they'll probably do would be. Do you do you think there's a possibility that it's something like Black Widow, where it's a period piece? Right, like but something like in between, between something in between two thousand eight and twenty twenty three. Right. Uh yeah, I mean I think that's the last choice that's maybe not so obvious, but right. um it's definitely the last choice that there's interesting stuff there for sure. Um because yeah. you still at least for like three of those years you still get shield stuff. Um maybe you use this show to bring shield into the fold. Um, right? Like, this is the opportunity to bring Quake, <laughs> bring That'd Quake nice. in, um, or Phil Coulson back from the dead to only kill him again and bring him sort of back from the dead. And then re- and then canonize, you know, uh, LMDs. Shield. <laughs> right. Um, and then Max Director of Shield. So, right. uh... And, and then he goes off into space and does sword. Boom. Yeah, so, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, replacement on each other unless you say that the stuff that happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happened during the blip right? I don't know. like season 6 and 7 happened during the blip but they never talk about it so right. I guess they didn't notice <laughs> they've been off world mostly uh, not in season 6 but yeah true definitely in 7 um, well I guess fits for 6 but poor fits Gosh, Fitz was so criminally underused in these last two seasons. Yeah. But that is a story for another time. Um, Lastly, just before we go, I don't want to open this can of worms, but I'm going to. Did you hear this rumor about John Krasinski maybe being an alternate universe version of Captain America, maybe in Doctor Strange 2? What? Yeah, I was like, I'm in. (laughs) Now, if that's the case, they're not using him elsewhere. See you say that. I think it's more. I, I part of me is like, if anything, I'd say it's more likely. Because huh. why can't the same actor play two different characters if they're from two different universes? I mean, I guess that's true. That's just how. Maybe he's Reed Richards that becomes Captain America. Maybe he is Steve Rogers in this universe, and then he's Reed Richards in another universe. They, you could do that. I was like, either way, 
I'm super in for John Krasinski finally. We've been talking about this for like eight years of John Krasinski taking on a superhero role. It'd be nice to see him actually do it. Yep. Um, I hope hope it's both. Confirmed to be. I hope uh, it's both for. I hope he does Captain America, an alternate universe Captain America, and then does Reed Richards because I think that'd be awesome. Uh, and something that hasn't done, been done before. Yeah. Right? To use the same actor in two different roles from two different universes. I'm in. Yep. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we got to conclude here because you got to get going. But lastly, what movie are we watching? Oh, what movie are we watching? We didn't fully decide that, did we? Mm-mm. I leave that up to you. Uh, panic. There's a couple to pick from. There's a couple to pick from. I'm leaning towards one... All right, do you want to lean a little bit further, lean away from it? Have you fallen over yet? I'm almost falling over. Okay. Um, if you hear a crash. Um, I'll laugh. You'll laugh. Uh, yep. Let's do... Oh, man. I just see Dune on my list, but that's not until <laughs> the other Dune comes out. we got to wait to watch the bad Dune. Yeah, let's do North by Northwest. All right, yeah, there it is. North by knock Northwest. that out. Next week will be North by Northwest. That's Ian Rismondo. I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time.